0: Mamas on a Mission is a podcast bringing you bold and ambitious women. Grab a coffee and let's meet Melbourne Mamas who are showing the world and their kids that the mission is possible. I'm your host, Holly, the Chief Mama of Motherhood Melbourne. Hey, Mama. Thanks for tuning in again. And if you're a mission newbie, then I welcome you with lychee martinis, because they're my fave. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so each new episode downloads automatically and you can go back to episodes you've missed. There's lots of inspiring Melbourne mamas to hear from. Okay, I'm so excited to have crossed paths with my latest mission mama, Gabrielle Nancaro, the founder of Gather. Although Gabrielle's mission is new, the seed of the idea began to grow not long after the birth of her first child. Gabrielle has created a beautiful space in Seddon for women to come together and connect through the sharing of stories, thoughts and experiences. At Gather, you'll find workshops, gatherings and one-of-a-kind sessions with the intention to empower and nurture you. There's everything from sharing birth stories, infertility and birth loss support, sex and relationship guidance, prenatal yoga, meditation, doula connections, and much, much more. Gabrielle is on a mission to bring women into the space at Gather so they can connect with other women and help find their balance through self-care, storytelling, and community. She wants the women who come together to feel truly held and nurtured and to feel that they are in a safe space where they can share whatever it is that is happening in their life. In this episode, Gabrielle opens up about how her personal experience of both loss and birth inspired the idea of gather. She also explains and explores the role of a doula and lastly discusses the challenges faced by modern mums to find support, connection and community. But this Melbourne mama, her story begins in New York, where she was working as an editorial director at Victoria's Secret. I'll let her tell the rest of her incredible story. So let's meet Gabrielle. Hi, Gabrielle. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Holly. Thank you for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. I cannot wait to speak with you today and learn more about Gather.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to share.
0: Yeah. So I'd love to start off with what is your coffee order?
1: it's a latte pretty boring
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it I love it Uh, Mm -hmm. you you just think oh everyone's gonna say this with that and that and that like very I keep
1: it I keep it pretty simple yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) lovely and where are you drinking your latte what's your favorite cafe
1: we go to Little Man in Victoria Street in Seddon every day sometimes twice a day so we're yeah we're like pretty popular there yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh awesome and is that
0: that's a family-friendly
1: cafe it's so family-friendly yeah they're lovely and they just love our girls and they don't mind the prams it's really good
0: oh that's great and what are some of your your favorite family-friendly places to go to
1: We so in Melbourne we love we love cafes. So one of them is Happy River in Footscray, which is a it's another cafe, but it's beautiful. It's got grass, it's got toys, it's on the river, and it's just so relaxed. And so it's really I love to go there with my girls during the week on a sunny day and just sit there and have some time out while they're occupied. It's beautiful.
0: Oh yes, I've been there. It is an excellent place to take kids.
1: Yeah, it's great. We also love the market. We love going to the market on the weekend.
0: Ah, awesome and what about what's your current binge
1: so I love a good podcast mm-hmm. and one one I listen to regularly I've been listening to for most of the year is Mama, which is a podcast it's out of America by Kim Leanne Johnson and she's a she's a sexological body worker but her actual podcasts are so interesting and she talks really honestly about birth and motherhood and sexuality and she just has so many good guests on, and I think I've just—I love her book as well. She's written a book, so she's—I'm kind of a bit of a fan girl. I just think she's amazing.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to have to subscribe
1: to that. I love podcast recommendations. Great. Yeah, it's a really good one.
0: Yeah, and what about for you? Your simple self care ritual? What's something really small that you do for yourself?
1: So I, what I like to do when the girls have gone to bed is turn the lights down and get it kind of quite dark and dim and I like to read so if I have time to read at night even for five minutes it really settles sort of the craziness of the day down for me so that's my that's my thing oh that's good I love
0: to do that too like put the phone down I don't want to end the day with Mm -hmm. the phone reading Mm -hmm. a book yeah it's a nice Mm -hmm. way to unwind yeah it is very much Mm -hmm. lovely well it's so nice to get to know a little bit more about you but I want to get into the good stuff now yeah so could we start off with, um, your motherhood experience? So what was your early mm-hmm. experience of motherhood like? And couldn't you, can you please reflect on the positive aspects and mm-hmm. the parts that were challenging?
1: Sure. So my entry into motherhood, I was living in New York when I had my first daughter. Um, so I think we decided we wanted children sort of around 2013. I got pregnant quite quickly and I lost my first baby to miscarriage. So that for me was a really difficult, um, isolating experience. I felt just really sort of blindsided by it. I didn't expect it and it, um, it really shook me. So I was – and also the, the fact that I was living overseas and I didn't have my family around me and I just felt really – um just so yeah so sad and so that that happened and then we we went on to get pregnant again a couple of months later which was really exciting but a little bit like also anxiety inducing because we we thought you know this has happened once it could happen again so the excitement was less than sort of the first time that we found out we were pregnant but we were still excited and I went on to have a really healthy pregnancy and and my daughter was born on, um, on Mother's Day in 2014. Aww. So that was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, um, I had a really empowering birth. I had a wonderful birth experience with her. I unfortunately had a postpartum hemorrhage a couple of, a couple of hours after she was born. So that was wild. Like that was just, again, I was not expecting that. So I went from having, you know, an intervention free, really empowering, beautiful birth to that happening. And so she was born sort of late at night and um, I think I hemorrhaged around like 11 p.m. And because I lost so much blood, I pretty much just passed out and I slept that whole night and I didn't have her with me and I kind of woke up. I woke up with them bringing her to me and saying, you need to feed your baby or we're going to give her formula. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? Like I just was so completely out of it and it was a really difficult kind of first my entry into motherhood was challenging. So it happened after this wonderful birth and then that happened. And anyway, I, I eventually sort of, um, started to recover from that. It did take a long time, but I was, I think I was discharged from hospital about three days later. Normally you sort of get 48 hours, but they kept me in a little bit longer and I was discharged and we were living in New York and we were used to a life that was quite go, go, go. Like we were, we went out for dinner every night. We were kind of just busy people, busy jobs. And life over there is just crazy. And I, unfortunately, just got straight back into that kind of stuff, even though I knew what it, you know, I'd gone through this huge, give birth, it's such a big thing. And I just didn't give myself time to rest. Like I remember getting home And then spending maybe like 24 hours in our apartment and then going out for brunch and like introducing our daughter to all our friends. And I was kind of like a little bit still like, what's going on? What's just happened? And and now knowing everything I know about birth and about postpartum, I just wish I'd given myself more time to rest. I didn't really rest. I sort of tried to get back into life like way too fast. So that, I think that affected me. I think it had long-term effects on me, to be honest. Like I didn't, um, just didn't feel great. It took me a really long time physically to recover from, um, from the birth and then from the hemorrhage. And I just, I never felt that good. You know, I was mm. mothering. I felt like I was mothering well. I was connected to my baby, but I just didn't feel great. Like I just didn't have any of that kind of like, I don't know. I felt kind of, um, Mm, like just not quite with it I guess for probably like four or five weeks I just was you know taking things um, just not slow enough so after that period and like breastfeeding was going well initially breastfeeding was quite um, easy for me but then my daughter sort of had a um, breast refusal breast strike around like nine or ten weeks of age and I found it really hard to get her back um, back on the boob which was quite frustrating for me, but I was also going back to work soon after that being America and me having, I was working at Victoria's Secret as an a editorial director. So I had a really big job and I went back to work quite quickly. So because I was doing that, I was pumping, I knew I was going to have to pump at work. So I, um, I started pumping for her during the day and that was kind of our experience with breastfeeding. I found breastfeeding really like I said, quite easy to begin with, and then really challenging and It was a similar story with my second daughter as well so breastfeeding for me has been really hard, and I have a very much a love hate relationship with the breast pump. it just you know i spent I've spent so many hours on that pump trying to feed my <laughs> girls and it was really a yeah, quite quite a difficult one, but um yeah, so that's sort of like, that's sort of the beginning of my motherhood story. So, um, like I said, I went back to work quite quickly and then I felt so much sort of guilt about that, but I also love my job. So I felt guilty for that as well. So I was yeah. like, I'm not at home with her where I should be, but I'm really, I do love this job and I, you know, this is who I was before she was born and and I found that really hard to sort of, um, you know, process that in my head. Cause I was like, I really like being at work, but I miss her and, and she has a nanny at home. And my mum actually came over and looked after her for a few months, which was amazing. But mm. she also had a nanny and I felt like I was outsourcing motherhood. And I was like, ah, like, you know, I don't have to do any of the hard stuff. Like all I'm doing is like, you know, getting home and she's already bathed and ready for bed. And I'm putting her to bed and I'm getting up and feeding her. And then I'm off to work again and. I was like, oh, I should be here more, but I love my job. So that, yeah, that was kind of a weird kind of feeling in the beginning in that first, that first Mm. year of motherhood. Um, and we ended up leaving New York when she was 18 months old. So we did that. I worked, I worked for quite a while, um, full time in that first year of motherhood. So I didn't really, yeah, get to spend as much time with her as I would have liked. And what's the paternity leave like over in America? um it's about 12 weeks okay. but um it's also a lot, women take a lot less than that as well so the expectation is that you're sort of back at work and there's no part-time like you can't get a part-time job so you're either back at work full-time or you're or you don't work
0: <gasps> so, so it's not as flexible yeah. like there's no, no you know, taking
1: no off and then coming back but no not like, at all. oh my god It's just a completely different understanding over there. Like the culture is so different. And women think if they took a year off, they would never get their job back. Like they would be so far behind and there's no support. There's absolutely no support for working women over there. And I think it is slowly shifting because there has been a bit of a groundswell about how bad that is. But, yeah, there's no, like for me it was I took more time off. I did take, I think I took nearly 18 weeks off but only because I, I said that's that's what I'm doing, um, mm. like it all, or I'll leave, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and my no, boss and my boss was amazing because she was European and she mm. got it and she yeah. was like, totally, do it. And then all of my colleagues were sort of more like, well, why are you able to do that and why aren't I able to do that? And I said, well, just ask. You know, all you, have, all you can do is ask. But that's just not their culture. And I think because I'm Australian and our experience is more of like taking year off and mm. easy way back into it, that's, that was Sort of the, the background I was coming from. So, yeah, I tried. I was lucky to have the time I had, but um, it was still, yeah, it was too, I still went back way too soon and full time was really hard.
0: Yeah, yep. And they're the things that you don't really think about when you're planning to become a mum. You're not thinking about, well, how am I going to deal with that shift and the identity mm. crisis and mm. um, all those things? Like, you
1: don't know that they're about to come and hit you in the face totally i know all you're thinking about is the birth <laughs> like yes, you just yes. about getting through the birth and then you'll be like i'll work everything else out later but then it's all there and it's really confronting absolutely and i just want to say thank you for sharing your story um
0: about your miscarriage and i am really sorry to hear that you lost your first baby
1: yeah thank you thank you for saying that i think at At the time, I didn't talk about it and it was really hard. I remember going, we went away for the July 4 weekend with some friends to Montauk and all of my best friends were there and I didn't tell them what had just happened like three days earlier. And it was the saddest, saddest weekend for me and I think why didn't I open up? Why didn't I share? You know, they would have been so good. I know they would have been so good but I just, I don't know why I didn't talk about it Mm. at all. You know, it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, where did the idea? So then you've come over to back to Melbourne.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Where
0: did the idea of Gather come from, and how did it all begin? Could you share that with us?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I think Gather's been about five years in the making, to be honest. We um, the idea really came to me when I miscarried my first baby, because I remember sitting there on my bed, like I have a distinct memory of thinking, I just want to connect with other women who have been through what I've been through, and I. Read this amazing, um, blog called Cup of Joe. I've read it forever. And I went on Cup of Joe and I remember searching in their little search bar, I wrote Miscarriage, because I thought, of course, I hope, you know, hopefully she's written something about it and nothing came up. There was nothing there. And I'm like, ah, and since she has written about it, but at the time there was nothing. And that was all I did. I didn't search any further for any other kind of comfort, but I just know at the time I needed, um, some sort of support and I needed some connection with women who got what I was going through and experiencing. And I didn't find it. And um and I started to think about how I could create something. And that was all I thought at that time. Like what can what do we need? What do women need? What do mothers need? And I kind of left the idea and then I had my baby girl over in New York and I had a doula for her birth and I loved my doula. I got so much out of having her there with me to sort of really carry me through the experience and um, I found my doula at Carriage House Birth in New York where I have gone back. i since trained as a doula and I went back to Carriage House to train because I think that they are just incredible women and they've started just such an incredible movement and culture over there around birth and that's where I decided to do my training. Um, but, yeah, I, I got my doula through them and it was a really easy, seamless experience. I went to a, meet the doula morning, connected with a doula who I loved and I was like, this is it, you're the one. That was easy, and then I got back to Melbourne, and I found that when I found out I was pregnant with my second daughter, I also looked for a doula, but I found it more—I found it more difficult. I wasn't so connected in Melbourne at the time because I'd been away for five years, and you know, it was more of like a Google search, cold calling situation. I think it's just that's just weird when you're trying to look for a doula, and it's also hard when you've got a toddler and you're working, and there's not enough time to really you know meet them and see if see if it works out, and then meet another one if it doesn't work out. So. Then I started thinking, okay, what can I do here? Can I, what can I do around doulas in Melbourne? Like what else, what else, you know, is there anything? No, there's not. Okay. What can I do to sort of create that space? Um, and then after my second daughter was born, I decided not to go back to work and really put all of my energy into creating this space. And, um, the vision for Gather really in the beginning was that it was a haven of self care and storytelling and community for women. I really wanted to have doulas. I wanted to have workshops and I wanted yoga and meditation. And then I wanted one-on-ones with women specialists in the women's wellness and health industry because so I wanted just a space where a woman could come and really be held through whatever it is that she was experiencing as a woman and as a mother. Um, and then it's quite interesting and serendipitous how the actual physical space came to be because we were – um We lived in Seddon, so we bought a house in Seddon before we went to New York and we came home. We went back into that home. Um, It was quite small with my husband and my two daughters and myself. So we we were looking for a home to buy and I was also simultaneously looking for spaces to rent to create gather. And then this property came up and it was amazing. It was really well located in Seddon. It had a shop front and then it had sort of like a two-bedroom house out the back. And it was beautiful, and just had such a good energy and a good vibe. And I was like, "This is it! Like we have to buy this house, and I can live there, and I can create, gather, and I can do it all." And so we took a huge leap of faith because we were just like, looking back, I'm like, "Wow, it's almost like you do it or you don't. Like unless you've got to commit, you've got to fully commit. Like if you're if you're going to do something like this, you can't just do it sort of." without all of your energy behind it. Like, it has to be a big commitment. And my husband had so much faith in me. He's like, this is important work. This is what you love to do. Like, just make it happen. So we bought the property, lived in the back, renovated the front and yeah, and gather was born, <laughs> which is amazing. And during that year, like we bought the property last August. So after we bought the property, um, I started to, Connect with women around Melbourne who were doing just wonderful things in the, in the wellness space for women. And I was sharing my vision with them and they were all so supportive and really carried me through and inspired me on the journey. And, and many of them are working at Gather Today. So I just went out and I just found the women I just wanted who got, who sort of really understood the vision and wanted to be involved in it. So that's how it, um, it all came to be.
0: Oh, that's an amazing story. Yeah. Very, very meant to me. So, oh, lovely. Yeah. And I love that you were talking about that you had a doula in your first birth um, Mm -hmm. and that when you came to Melbourne, you were really, you know, searching for that and what could you do in that space. So I really want to explore that the role of a doula more. So can you start off with explaining first
1: what do they do or what do they not do during and after birth? Sure. So at Gather, we have a collective of birth doulas, postpartum doulas and loss doulas. So I'll go into um, a little bit about what each of them do. So birth doulas are trained to provide continuous one-on-one care and evidence-based support and information through your pregnancy and through your labour and delivery. And we also check in with you about a week after your baby's born to see, see how things are going and provide any resources so I um, I was trained at Carriage House Birth, like I said, and they describe the role of a doula, um, they describe it really simply. They say it's showing up for someone who needs you. Oh, yeah. And I think I just love that. And I think a lot of women, oh. sorry, they're not connecting with um, their doctor or they're seeing a different midwife at every appointment. And so birth doulas really provide that continuous care that so many women are, are looking for um and there's research as well to show that having a doula by your side can reduce the average length of your labor and improve birth satisfaction so um i just think they're really invaluable and doulas i mean the big difference between like a doula and say a midwife is that we're not medical in any way so we're there to support the woman and her partner and care providers are really there to ensure the health and safety of the mother and the baby so you know, we provide like physical and emotional support and information through pregnancy labor and delivery. So that's, um, that's birth doulas. And like I said, we also have postpartum doulas and they, um, postpartum doulas are really there to support families after the baby gets home. Um, I think I really think I'm quite passionate about postpartum doulas. And I think I touched on it a little bit when I talked about my, first postpartum experience and not really having the knowledge or sort of the you know no one really told me that I should be resting for me it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't like intuitive I just kind of got up there got out there and went and did my thing but postpartum duels are really there to mother the mother mm. you know mothers need they come home and they're so vulnerable and they just need so much support then they're, they're not they've never done this before many of them and it's mm. like I think postpartum doulas, their offerings are just so needed because women are often really unprepared for the time that it is that, that po- the postpartum time. And, um, like I said earlier, we, a lot of us focus on the birth and then we get home and all of a sudden we're expected to know how to care for a newborn. Mm-hmm. And we're just physically and emotionally dealing with such a massive shift and it's just hard. It can be hard. So postpartum doulas usually come, they can come once or twice a week and you know, usually for the first six weeks after birth, but you can keep them on for as long as you need them. Um they they cook, they feed you, they clean, they can help oh. with settling the baby, they help with breastfeeding. It is amazing. It's such an incredible service. And they also they're just there to hold space for you emotionally so you can debrief about your birth or talk about how you're feeling in the early days without judgment and without constant advice, which is like families are amazing, but they come with lots of advice and and their own experiences. So postpartum doulas are really there as like an independent support for you. Um, and a lot of the doulas that we have as part of our collective are also trained in other areas. So we've got a naturopath, we've got a Pilates instructor, we've got a Shiatsu therapist. So they also bring that, that training and that knowledge and that experience into their role as a postpartum doula. So I think, I think every woman should have one. Yes. Yes.
0: It sounds amazing. Um, I yeah. love that. how you said they mother the mother because that's the thing. Yeah. when you get home, um, we are so used to being on the go and doing things. And even though we know, you know, you hear that, Oh, sleep when the baby sleeps. It's just not mm. so that we know how to do how Mm -hmm. to stop and how to rest because life is still going on all around us and people are still expecting you to get up and
1: go out and you know go to this event and go to that brunch (laughs) yes exactly exactly and I've heard something in my the readings I've done the training I've done I I can't remember where I read it but it was it said the first 40 days for the first 40 years and what that meant was like that time after the baby's born those first 40 days are critical to the long-term health of you and your baby. So a mother should be resting, bonding, skin-to-skin, skin, sleeping, you know, really just focusing mm. on her on her health and on herself and on her baby and, and nothing else, no other jobs. You know, everyone, should, the other community in the village, whether that's postpartum doula, family or friends, they, they need to be there for that really, really critical sort of first month. It's so important. Mm. And what about you were touching on the lost doulas? Yeah, so we have lost doula's as well, and they are women who support mothers through miscarriage, stillbirth, and abortion. Mm-hmm. And this is a really important space, and yeah. I think it's it's so veiled in silence, and it shouldn't be. Women should be able to speak about it more. Um, they should be able to talk to someone who get you know who understands what they're going through and the feelings that they're experiencing, and whether that's now or you know in ten years' time. I think there's a really there's a place for this work, and it's really important and i I love that you said that it's not just for I guess when that happens, but even mm. for
0: after as you're dealing with it ongoing, yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and you know, you may be pregnant again, and a lot comes up when you 're yeah. pregnant, and especially if you've had an abortion, you've had a miscarriage, a stillbirth like there is it just it yeah, things come up when you're pregnant and you're giving birth, and it's important to sort of try to heal and process what's what's mm. happened to you, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I guess we've touched on then in that too, some of the benefits of having a doula, but is there anything Mm. else that you feel would be great for people to know about, yeah, if they call upon a doula?
1: Yeah, I think I think the big thing with doulas is that you've got you've really got someone who's there and it's continuous and it's one-on-one and that you know that they'll be there for the birth. I think that that's a really reassuring thing to to sort of understand that the person's going to show up for you and that they're going to be there and they're going to support your partner too. I think that's another good point that um you know in my experience my husband was kind of like, oh, "I don't think we need a doula." And I said, "Well, I want one, so we're going to have one. <laughs> and afterwards he said that was the best decision we made because I think oh. for a lot of men it can be a little bit, not not just men but partners, it can be confronting to think, mm. well, that's kind of my job. Like I'm the one that should be looking after her. But especially if it's the first baby and neither of you have experienced yes. birth before, you just don't know how it's going to play out and mm. you've got no idea and you're not experienced. You shouldn't be experienced, you know, but having an experienced person in the room who can guide you and sort of just, Sort of normalize the experience for you, and to be there to really have your questions answered is, I think, it's invaluable. Yes, yes,
0: and they're yeah. invested in the situation in a different way compared to your partner. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like you Definitely.
1: said,
0: it, yeah. Sorry, when it's when it's their their first experience. So I remember, like with my husband, I felt like he's very timid. And I really mm. needed someone to like I, i'm I'm not, but when I was in that situation, I couldn't really advocate for myself, but he couldn't do it either, so I was like, "Oh, I really wish I had someone there that was a bit more headstrong and assertive yeah. and and could say the things that I really needed him to say or the questions I needed him to ask, but I just in that moment yes. couldn't because I was in so much pain, yes. um,
1: yeah, you yeah." Can't. Yeah, so is like we don't in the space, we're not going to be saying we're not going to be speaking for you, but we will definitely yeah. be sort of nudging your husband and <laughs> saying, you know, <laughs> this this is what you can say. This if you feel good about this, this is what you can say, and just having a bit more of like you said, like a presence, and just yeah, and just being, I think, really informed, and and I think to know to know your rights in that birth space is so important because no one tells you that you have full autonomy over the decisions that happen. You know, that's not you kind of go along with that. You go along with what's said to you and done to you, I think. And and just understanding that it's your kind of, you know, you have that, you have that space and that, and that, sort of control over the situation is really important yeah
0: yes and I I, that's something I wish someone had told me because I did not realize that until about probably 10 hours into my active labor when I asked Mm. them to stop doing something and they did it and I was like it it was literally like this shift in my mind I was like they have to do what I say like they you know it is my body um and then when I went into my second birth I knew it you know I knew that so it was great and I could I could verbalize that at the start when I was coherent (laughs)
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um yeah but yeah I I I do wish that was something that they really did did tell that they tell women when they're going into their births
1: yeah I think I think there's not there's just not enough information I think there's a lot of focus on the health of you and the baby which is really really important but there's not so much there's not so much um connection often with the care provider and there's not Yeah, that information is just not given. Mm. It's really yeah, women sort of a lot of women go into it without knowing that. And I think it's it's I think it's really important to to own your birth and to to not hand it over to a doctor and to not hand it over to your care provider to know that it's sort of it is up to you and and they are there to to support you and to do what needs to be done to Mm. keep you and your baby healthy. Like that's really critical and important to always know and understand that. But but beyond that, you know, it is. It is, it is your birth space and it's important to, um, to sort of feel empowered in that space, I think.
0: Mm. So how does someone find the right doula for them? What, what's a good way to
1: go about it? Mm. That's a good question because you have to find the right doula. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you can come together because we have, um, free meet yeah. the doula sessions every couple of months. And I think they're a great opportunity. So we have sessions here where women just come and just mingle and chat to doulas and meet them, learn about them. Learn about what their specialty is, their experience and, you know, their costs and all of that. And I think it's just a good way to sort of connect with a number of women and doulas to just sort of get a, a sense of who's right for you. Cause it's such a big deal to invite someone into that birth space or into your home postpartum because you're so vulnerable. And it's just, you cannot, you have to feel connected and at ease with that person. And you can't, um, you can't sort of just. You know, you can't meet someone and be like, oh, I've met them now. I need to ask them to be my doula because yeah. a good doula should say, look, I didn't feel the connection. No, like I'll I'll put you in touch with some other doulas, but that doesn't always happen. And yeah. I think you both have to be on board. You both have to understand that this is the right match and it can be really hard. I think word of mouth is always a really good thing too. So if you have friends who use doulas mm-hmm. um, to sort of ask them about it, ask them about their experience and potentially meet some doulas that way you can always google you know there are lots of amazing doors out there in melbourne doing some incredible work so um yeah it's but just it's very important to find the right doula for you you have to um if it doesn't you know if it doesn't feel right when you meet them you've just got to keep looking and keep keep searching
0: yeah no that's great and what do you love about being a doer
1: oh i i love birth so I feel really, really <laughs> lucky to be doing this work. And I, what I love, I love giving women the support and the care and the information that they really deserve. And i um, watching them fully own their birth. It's, it's an incredible thing to witness and it's a beautiful space to be working in. Oh, that's
0: amazing. Um, thank you for sharing all of that about the role of a doula. I really appreciate it. Okay. Um, yeah. I'd love to talk about those workshops that you have at Gather. So can you describe yeah. the different types that you offer, how they run and the impact from them?
1: Sure. So we, so our workshops and gatherings are, are constantly evolving as we learn what really matters to women and, and mothers in Melbourne. So I'm very open to women approaching me and letting them know what it is that, that's important to them and really seeking out the right person to facilitate those workshops. But we We have regular sharing circles. So where we, we, we sit in circle and we share our stories of birth, of pregnancy loss, infertility, motherhood. I think I'm, that's, that's the heart of the space for me. I think the act of really speaking your story out loud, it can be very powerful. And our circles are held in a really loving, non-judgmental space so that there's no one there. There's no one there offering advice or trying to, to shift your narrative. It is really just your story, and you're and you sharing your story, and then um, we're we're really holding the space for you, which can be quite powerful. So that's our sharing circles. We also have um we have new and full moon circles, which are a really beautiful opportunity for mothers to rest and reconnect with themselves. And they're led by we have a herbalist who's in the space a couple of days a week, Caitlin, and she she guides the group through gentle meditation, sound healing, Reiki, and visualization. And I've just had so many women tell me how incredibly rested they feel after them and how, and Caitlin's, Caitlin's got this beautiful calming energy and that it's carried them through the week. Like I've had women email me a week later and say that just helped me all week, that hour and a half I spent with her. So they're just beautiful grounding experiences and we hold them on every new and full moon, which is really lovely. Um, we also do breastfeeding circles every fortnight and we have a lactation consultant who comes into the space to, um, facilitate those. And I'm really passionate about those circles. I really think it's important for women, especially pregnant women to see breastfeeding, sort of see boobs out, see what a feed looks like and learn.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: but I, I want those circles and those circles are really open to all mothers. So that's really important. So if you're breastfeeding, mixed feeding, pumping, formula feeding, Come along and just connect with other women who are feeding their babies, like I think we call them breastfeeding circles because we have a lactation consultant, but I think it's really important just just an any opportunity to get to connect with mums and have a a space where you feel really supported, whatever it is that you've gone through and and to share your challenges and to celebrate any milestones that you've sort of had that that fortnight is really important so um it's also a chance to get really personalized help from a private lactation consultant mm. so these circles go for a couple of hours and and anywhere between sort of 4 and 8 women show up and it's it's a really personalized approach and it's a, it costs a lot less than a one-on-one session with a lactation consultant so we hold those um every fortnight and, uh, what else to do we do? We, yes, our workshops, like our practical workshops that you asked about at the start. Yeah. We, um, <laughs> we offer, we offer everything from, um, sex and relationship guidance to postpartum preparation. We have IVF and infertility support sessions. Uh, we have, we have we've got an Ayurvedic beauty workshop coming up. We've got, um, a tantra workshop. Um, one of our most popular workshops was the Cycles and Fertility Workshop where we talked about the effects of birth control, how to detox from it, how to track your cycle and chart your cycle for pregnancy or to avoid pregnancy. And and I that's that's one of the best workshops I've been to actually, because it it was like all of this information that I was like, why do I why did I not learn this when I was fifteen? Like this is I should know this about my body. And I'm so glad I know it now. But um it's the kind of information I think everyone should really know. So so, yeah, that's, um yeah, workshops are uh, evolving. Like I said, I'm open to sort of running anything that makes sense for women and mothers in Melbourne so they should they could reach out and, and let me know what they're, they're after.
0: Oh, my goodness. It sounds amazing. Like you're covering so many things as well that people mm. are probably sitting there, you know, trying to Google and decipher that information. Um, yes. So it's great that there's one centralised place where they can get together
1: and also mingle with other mums. Yeah, I think it's so important. It's so important to have that village and that community. Yes, absolutely.
0: And and speaking of community, um, yeah. Why do you think the aspect of having a village, feeling supported and connected with others, is challenging for modern mums? And what is your mission to bring women together in a physical space?
1: Um, it's such a good question. I think I think it's challenging because. We are also busy. We're also busy and we find, I think we find self care really difficult as mothers. And I think so. part of self care is prioritizing ourselves, but also finding that village and that network and really prioritizing it and, and having that space to, to get out and to connect. And I think it's, we've just got so much on as mums and but the importance of it you know, the importance of companionship and community just cannot be overlooked, especially when you're a, a mother, like that really meaningful in-person connection. I think mm. social media is amazing. It's so good to connect in a sense, but but you need, I think as a mother you need empathy and you need support and you just don't find that in the same way unless it's like really, unless it's an in-person in-person space. And there's just so much that's picked up in that space that, Can really carry you through Um, and I just think I just think as mothers we we get it like we get we get each other and we get that we have these shared experiences and and we know that motherhood is isolating there's just a balance there's this constant battle to find balance and there's guilt and it's just there's just a lot going on as as women and as mothers and I think Mm. if we can just sort of get together and really hold that space for each other and to really share and acknowledge what we're going through. And I think another point is really having open and honest conversations about the realities of motherhood, like the honesty, like being honest yeah. about motherhood and how difficult it can be. Like hearing that is can be so good when you're a mum and you're going through it and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm not the only person who's yeah. experiencing it. You know, there are so many other women out there who are going through what I'm going through and I feel better already just knowing that, you know, and that's just, I think it's just important. Mm. And a lot of the workshops that you're holding, they're
0: there at, at night time. Is that right?
1: Yeah, we're sort of we're, we're doing most of them midweek, week, mm-hmm. um, usually from about seven till nine pm. But I'm also finding I'm just trying to work out when it makes sense for women. I'm asking everyone mm-hmm. who comes if this is a good time. I've had many women reach out to me saying, "I want to be there. It's just a bad time." So mm-hmm. I'm trying to find the right um, balance on the calendar to to make it sort of suit most people because it's not always going to suit everyone. So yeah. um, like our breastfeeding circles are on a Wednesday morning because mm. sort of, you know, most women in that space aren't working so they're able to come. But, yeah, most of our workshops are held one weeknight.
0: No, that's great because, you know, with um, Mother's Group in Australia, did you join a mother's
1: group when you had your second child? No, I right. didn't. So okay. I've never had a mother's group.
0: No, No, yeah. So I guess I always thought about it, that it was straight, like it was during the day, um, you sort of joined at different points. I think mine was about 10 or 11 weeks old, but I just Mm -hmm. thought this is really, I guess, you know, for women who perhaps have gone back to work or this might not be the best time for them to get out of the house. um, Mm. Yeah. Like there wasn't other options. It was like, well, you have to go to this one sort of group for the next Mm. weeks. Yes. That's all you get. You only get it offered to you the first time you become a mum as well like there is no like mm-hmm. if you didn't go the first time there was no second yeah. time option
1: yeah and you still need the community Maybe <laughs> yeah. even more so like you've yeah. got two now and three exactly. and you're like ah, yeah yeah so that's what I love like
0: that your workshops you know you're really holding that space for women obviously if they're not working at that time or if they <laughs> are then they can come in the evening that's excellent Yeah, yeah
1: yeah Oh,
0: so I'd love for you. Yeah. Could you just share more about your mission, uh, mm-hmm. with Gather and what you're hoping to achieve? I mean, you're obviously achieving and having an impact on so many people already. Um, but yeah, what, what about going forward?
1: Yeah. Mm. So I think my, my biggest sort of mission is to provide a set, like a safe space for women to come and share and connect with other mums and other women and to really sort of feel like they're getting both practical information but also that emotional support. So I want I want women who come into this space to find something that suits them and, and makes sense to them and whether that be a one-on-one with our sexologist who's really well-versed in postpartum relationships or our herbalist or um, whether it's, you know, we do, I didn't touch on that, but we do yoga and meditation and my, my big passion for that space is that it's a small group and that it's really personalised as well. So it's just giving women... If giving them a little bit of a different um, I guess a different offering that isn't really available in Melbourne that I know of at the moment so yeah. really having that community and that and that connection um, and that safe space and that non-judgmental space as well which I think is is really important so important. And you are kindly
0: today providing a special offer for the Motherhood Melbourne community. Could you please share what that is?
1: Yes, I am because I would love to meet you all. Um, we, we will offer, so 20% off your first booking at Gather. Um, so that could be a workshop, it could be a yoga class or a sharing circle. And the code, if you go onto our website to book, the code is MOTHERHOOD. And it is valid until the end of February twenty nineteen.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's really kind. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I um I think I think the work you're doing is so important as well. And just having just having this space for um for mothers to connect is everything. So I think, yeah, I'm really happy to to offer that and to hopefully meet some of your listeners.
0: Yes. Well, I love like when you were talking about, um, you know, the circles that you have and with the stories. And I think, you know, that that is similar to what I offer online um, in that, you know, it is just giving someone a platform to tell their story and that, you know, they often send them through and then they'll say, oh, just edit it if you, if it doesn't make sense or it's too long. And it's like, I don't edit mm-hmm. stories. Like, you know, I might do, yeah. the grammar or, but I'm not going to change their story because that is, yeah. this story and it's not about yeah. you know making it clickbait worthy or anything like that that's why it all right. starts off with saying you know um holly's motherhood story and then it might just say a little bit about what the topic will be about but it's not about
1: mm-hmm. yeah because it's it's so important that we do honor our yeah. own story yeah, it's so important. I think that authenticity is important. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And and it's yeah. powerful too and and I think then what you're doing taking it uh offline in a physical space mm-hmm. um even more powerful to actually really say it out loud and I can imagine yeah. uh you know for so many people that would be really perhaps even the first time they've spoken about some of those topics.
1: It is I think for some women it is and I think yeah. for some women it's the first time they've had an opportunity to to tell their story from start to end without being interrupted, without being sort of spoken over or told, you know, especially birth stories. So many women are told to get over it because they're, they're here, the baby's here, everyone's healthy and move on. And I think, wait, what? Like I birthed that child and this happened to me and I'm still processing it yeah. and I will be processing it potentially, you know, for a long time. So actually having an opportunity to speak without being spoken over and and for no one to sort of be throwing advice at you or, or sort of yeah. like yeah me too happened you know just just to be honored just to have that story honored is really powerful so that's important
0: yes and I, I find that sometimes too yeah that when you sort of want to tell your birth story people are like mm, it happened you know we all we all go through birth like it's fine whatever and they're very mm. dismissive and it's like
1: mm. you no know, that was
0: a really traumatic experience and um, mm. one of the things I really wish that they did offer in hospitals was someone to debrief you afterwards. Yeah. Because yeah. It, it is so overwhelming. And you almost feel like, did that even happen?
1: And, yeah. you know, then you just yeah,
0: jump yeah. into motherhood, but you haven't processed it.
1: Definitely. And even at your six week checkup with your OB, like there's never you don't even, you, you should be able, if it's your OB or your midlife, you should be able to talk to them about what, what, what went on. Mm. You know, it's really, that's really important. And I think even, so I'm really passionate about women who've had those traumatic experiences, having a platform to really share it. I'm also really passionate about women who've had wonderful birth stories to have yeah. a chance and an opportunity to share those. Cause I think Sometimes women can be shut down for having a good story. And Mm -hmm. I think they should be able to celebrate their story too. Like I think that every woman should have a seat at the table and be able to share their story and to sort of feel like, you know, pregnant women as well to sit in that space and to hear a range of stories is so important. And hopefully women are connecting with each other if they've had similar experiences and that that can really help. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and also what you're trying to achieve. But I want to say the biggest congratulations as well, because I love your mission and the way that you're bringing women together.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Holly. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's so, it's been so good to talk to you and, um, And, yeah, I just um, hope to see lots of your listeners soon and and let them know to reach out to me as well. Like I'm very, like I said, very open to hearing from the community and and what the needs are. Oh, excellent. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Are we
0: all crushing on Gabrielle? I bet you are. If you'd like to tell Gabrielle how much you loved hearing about her mission, Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Insta stories. Tag Motherhood Melbourne and gather women's space so we can reshare it. If you're interested in visiting Gather, then please go ahead and make good use of the kind discount Gabrielle has provided for first timers. I'll have the deets and the links to gather on the episode page on Motherhood Melbourne for you. I truly love and support what it's all about, and I hope you get a chance to check it out too. Head on over to motherhoodmelbourne.com.au. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with me.